So it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm saying, hey, you know, it's a wolf party over here, but I'm coming in. And I'm not, like I'm a not saying it, right. <laughs> or I'm, I got a bunch of sheep like around sheep. me. Yeah, yeah I, I surrounded myself with sheep because all, everybody in my crew got on little purses under their arms, a lot of bright colors, but I've invited the grimiest, grimiest people. I'm, I'm, I'm inviting the Crips. I'm inviting the GDs, Vice Lords, the Bloods. I'm saying, you know, hey, if you ain't with the smoke, blah, 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 you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, we with the shit, we with all that, right? So yeah. I'm inviting that element, and then I'm going to come in, you know what I'm saying, looking like a, a, a meal to them. No, I want to be here and stuff for my friends. Is it your fucking friends, right? Gotta keep the pack on me. Walk in charge, but the pole. I want to do it because it's fun. Hot box with the homies. All gas and slowly. Best friend. What is up? I am your host, BC, aka OG Ben Kenobi. When you see me in the streets, please act like you don't know me because I'm an introverted extrovert. I'm gonna need you to respect the science one time for your mind. But today, I'm in the studio. Well, like halfway in the studio. This is actually the first episode that's been. Truly affected by the whole coronavirus, social distancing, pandemic situation that we're all going through. Um, I had to reach out to my guest, Eric Williams, through FaceTime. Um, Eric is a really dope author, um, community activist, marketing mind, record executive, you know, amongst many other things. Like I said, a real dope individual. So, yeah, let's get into it. Good stuff for my friend. All right. So we got Eric Williams. In the building. Well, not really in the building due to <laughs> corona situations. <laughs> the virtual building. <laughs> yeah, the virtual building. You know what I'm saying? But how you doing, bro? Doing cool, man. Just uh, dodging coughs and sneezes and <laughs> everything else they got to dodge out here, you know? Yeah, I know. Exactly. Exactly. Everybody's got to adapt to, like, I guess the new normal. That's what they're calling it now. Right. But yeah. But, yeah, I appreciate you uh, joining me. My podcast stuff with friends, you know what I'm saying. I've been doing this for a while, but um, this is a a new, you know what I'm saying, new branding, a new rework of the brand. So I'm glad you're here for the beginning of the of the new and better phase of the podcast. Okay, well, definitely, truly appreciate the invite. Yeah, no problem, no problem. I mean, outside of you being a dope individual, you are family, so that counts for something. <laughs> hey, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like actually, um. You were, like, one of the first people that I ever saw, like, oh, like, rapping isn't just something that people do on TV. You know what I'm saying? Like, isn't some unattainable... Like, making money off of music isn't some, like, unattainable thing, you know? I actually saw you... You were the first person I see you pull up in a Corvette, you know what I'm saying, with the with the speakers blasting, you know what I'm saying, and be like, hey, check this out, this is my artist and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? I would hear stories, but you were, I actually saw you doing it. And, like, you know... Real estate, everything, flipping houses, whatever. I always saw you doing it. And a lot of other men in our family, but you were the first one, especially with the music, though. So, like, I feel like you're a major influence and, you know, pointing me in the direction that I'm going in in my life. So I appreciate that. I definitely appreciate that acknowledgement, you know. But, uh, like I say, just still learning daily myself, you know, in regards to that. Yep. Yeah, definitely, because everything is changing, like... Because you were, like, when you started music, and when I first got into music, too, like, you know, CD eras, you know, you getting out, hustling out of your trunk, 
posters, physical posters. Yeah. Uh, all of that, yeah. And it was like more it was harder in the sense that you had to put in more like physical labor, but it was easier in the sense that if you had a good game plan, it could work for you, you know? If you're willing to put the capital into it and the time and the effort. Because we've seen a million stories of people who weren't even that great of rappers, but you know, they were everywhere. They were at every club, every barbershop, every mall, whatever, always handing out their CDs. So eventually it's going to spread because people are going to get tired of you. They're going to at least want to shut you up. So, all right, man, give me that CD. Right, right, yeah. Um, You know, like I said, I don't know, like I said, the exact format, so I want to jump too deep into that just yet. But, uh, you know, you're definitely right. You know, there were aspects of it that were harder and then certain aspects that were easier because – it was definitely a lot less flooded as in regards to the, the industry. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. As far as, you know, every everybody can just present a product and then now your potential your potential consumer has a distraction because, you know, not just he's exactly. not just competing with you giving them music at the club. You know, he has five other friends that just sent them a song on Facebook or sent them a song on IG. So you you you're you're fighting for everybody's attention, you know, against a plethora of distractions. Yeah, that's very true. Because on one hand, you are dealing with, like, music is a lot easier to make. You know, you can make good quality music in your bedroom now. So it makes it a lot easier for people to make it. But, and that's a gift and a curse, because I I feel like it's lowered the, like, um, I don't know, like the respect or the reverence that people have. Because, like, I feel like in the 90s, if you said you were a rapper... That kind of meant something, you know? Yeah, there was a set, a benchmark, basically. Yeah, and if you, like, spit something whack, they'd be like, oh, get out of here, man. You ain't no rapper. You know what I'm saying? You know, now it's, oh, it's either, oh, you know, you're you're just old or, oh, well, you know, that's just their way of doing it. It's like, you know, uh, certain prestigious organizations, you just can't come in. You just can't go into the Navy SEALs and say, well, this is how I do a sit up, you know. Yeah. No, man, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta drill you. You gotta go through the steps, you know. Yeah. Certain things. Yeah, and I totally feel that. But my thing is also even in that, like, say if they come in doing, like, hey, this is my way of doing it. It's like at least perfect that. But they're not even perfecting their new way of doing it. So it's kind of hard to like even show respect for that when they're not even like they won't even stick with one thing long enough to perfect it. That's one problem, but. If they do it, it's like they don't even feel the need to perfect it. Because, like, I mean, a lot of people don't like Young Thug. But if you listen to Young Thug in the beginning compared to Young Thug right now, there's a big difference. You know, you could tell he perfected his craft. You may not be into that form of music, but you could tell that whatever type of vocal inflections and rapping he was using on his music, like, he perfected that and got to a point where, like, more of his songs are, like, hit songs. You know, as before, it might be, like, one or two songs off a mixtape. Now he can drop a whole mixtape where his fans consider all of them hits because he perfected that. But there's a lot of people that don't really take the attention to really see, like, oh, what is, like, catching these art? What is catching these fans? What is it about my music or what is it about this hit song that's making people really like my music? And that's why people get caught up making the same music over and over because they think it's the song itself. But it's like, no, it's the way that you wrote that beat or it's your energy or something like that. So we're not asking you to make the same song. We just ask you to bring that energy or we ask you to bring that type of cadence. And people don't just focus. Like, I feel like the, like the, I feel like old school rappers, not old school rappers, just 90s rappers and early 2000 rappers, they used to be almost like sociologists, you know? They had to study their 
their fan group, their fan base, you know, their demographic. And now it's just like, I'm going to do what I do, and it allows their fan base to outgrow them. Right. Most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah, I'm sitting here raining. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, like I say, and then with a lot of a lot of people, with you mentioning Young Thug, I think that, like I say, it took him a certain period of time for him to polish that that style. Yeah. Right. So what I personally believe is what carried what was carrying him was the controversy, you know, the uh, the dresses, the, the, dresses yeah. the, the beef with Lil Wayne that you, yeah. did you shoot up the tour bus. So I think a lot of controversy is what actually kept him relevant as an individual, uh, because like like you say, there's so much music that's out there. If you were to stack up content for content or. Even style for style, creative style for creative style. Yeah. There's a lot of competition that could have drowned that out, you know. So I definitely think that the controversy, the, you know, uh, like I say, the, the, the media, uh, of the industry, you know, that's, that's, that's what sells for them. So that's what they're going to hone in on. You know, they're not going to put Young Thug's beef or him wearing a dress on a back burner to review some good music, you know, Really, like I say, the good music is not what's really important to them per se. It's the drama. Even like with uh, going all the way back to Tupac and Biggie, there yeah. was classic music that they were making. Yeah. But what was the media talking about primarily? Beef. The beef, the controversy. So, like I say, uh, a lot of times I think people get lost within that. And uh, once their controversy for a lot of these people dies down, then they're left with no good product, no good material, you know. And that, that ego got developed. They developed that ego from the attention, but they were associating the attention with their craft or product versus the attention from the train wreck that was happening. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying. It's like being able to, to discern why are people really into you right now? What are people really... And like you said, they conflate the two. And then 10 years later when nobody's like buying their music or coming to their shows, they're sitting there like, why? Like I'm making the songs just like how I was making then. It's like, it wasn't the song. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean like a, a current, uh, very, uh, similar situation right now, you know, with the guy six, nine, you know, he uh, yeah. truly, he truly believes that people are in love with this material. And like you said, it's the, this the energy so those kids, they like that energy. Like, okay, we had Misco. It was had a lot of energy. DMX, lots of energy. But yeah. there was some content intertwined with that. But so, like with him, this is the this is the for the guy six nine. You are the train wreck. But he doesn't grasp that yet, you yeah. know. And like I say, it's going to hit a point because you know uh, what a lot of artists, you know, they're forced to maintain this persona this lifestyle, but like say, you know, streams only deliver, turn into so much revenue, right? And it's only a big shocker for so long. Okay, so yeah. you're going to put out the first album. Okay, you're going to sell millions. Okay, then what? You know, where can you tour? What 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 can be done? You know, so there's going to be a lot of obstacles. And I think reality, like you say, within the next five years is going to set in. And yeah. I, w I would be very inter interested to see how that story 
turns out in the yeah. end. I think, I mean, obviously there's death and sickness involved, but the coronavirus is probably the best thing that can happen for his career because Most a lot of artists are being forced to, um, you know, be remote. There's not, right. there's no longer an expectation of you to be there for you to be there physically. Because right. if this wasn't the case, he would have had to show his face at some venue. It, it'd be like, okay, where's his next concert going to be? But now he has the excuse of, oh, no, I'm, I'm just going to shoot videos in my backyard and I'm going to, you know, troll people from, from IG Live and stuff like that. And that's acceptable because that's what everybody, that's the only thing that every other artist can do. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. But that can segue into like a million other things. I want to go ahead and jump into these questions real quick that I, I like to do at the beginning of the, every podcast real quick just to... Get everything going. So just some basic, okay. simple questions. Nothing too deep. Let's Got see. it. So uh, what was your first car? Uh, Dodge Daytona. Dodge Daytona. <laughs> what year yeah, was it? Yeah. Ooh. I think it was a 1993, I believe. I said, that's not even that. That's not, I mean, it's older, but that's not like crazy old. I've had some people yeah. that was like, yeah, I had like a, a 85 <laughs> this. I'm like, what? Right. You're like only yeah. 21. How do you have this old car? Right. Well, you know, I'm I'm 41 now. So, it, you know, it, it definitely wasn't that old back then because I started driving like in 94, 95, somewhere around then. So. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, yeah. A, that's a new car. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my first car was a 94. So... <laughs> So that sounds like you was balling to me. Hey, no, not at all. It was just a Dodge Daytona, not at all, man. You know, pops worked at Chrysler. You know, got the employee discount. You know, so you know at that moment it was just it was still uh, still humble beginnings. Yeah, I feel you. What color was it? Uh, it was burgundy. Burgundy. It was burgundy. Yep. We don't see too many burgundy cars anymore. That's dope. Yeah, man. nah. Yep. Dodge Daytona. Let's see. So next one: uh, Lucky Charms, Frosted Flakes, or Fruit Loops. I'm gonna have to go with uh, I'm gonna have to go with Frosted Flakes, man. Frosted Flakes. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Frosted. It it was either gonna be that or Fruit Loops, you know. Yeah. Lucky Charms, okay, but you know you gotta look up on the right marshmallows. You know? Everybody says that. I might have to take that one off the list because everybody either goes Frosted Flakes or Fruit Loops. Nobody ever ever rocks with the Charms. You put Cinnamon Toast Crunch in, now you got a race. Yeah, you know that's a that's a good yeah. one. <laughs> that might be a good one. See, I be liking yeah. stuff that nobody likes though, like Banana Nut Crunch. Nobody really likes that. Yeah, that yeah, there there is like a uh, what's it raisin bran with the uh, it's cranberries or something. It's pretty good. What you know, that, sounds, I, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is, man. I tried it a few times. So, I think yeah. I will have to go check that out. All right, so let's see. Uh, Fresh Prince, Martin, or the Jamie Foxx show. I'm gonna have to go with Martin, man, just yeah. because of the, the characters that he, the additional characters that he had. You know, Jamie Foxx, he had Wanda, and I think maybe a few other people, but uh, oh, yeah, like Tyrone you know, Copple, the news guy. It's all good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, with Martin, like the judo instructor, yeah, uh, <laughs> Dragonfly Jones, yeah, oh, Dragonfly Jones, oh, Romy Rome. Uh, a few different people, man. Shanae, you know. It, yeah. So I, I go, I gotta go with Martin on that one. Yeah, he was know? putting in a lot of work. Yeah, I, I, I really, especially now, I always say I was, I would say Martin now because I understand it a lot more when I was older. Especially like the dynamics of the relationship, like the relationship stuff. I didn't understand that when I was a kid. So when I was mm -hmm. younger, yeah. I probably would have said Fresh Prince. But like once I got into my like late twenties, 
and up until now, I'll probably definitely go with Martin as well. But all yeah. of them are classic. I feel like Jamie Foxx's show is very slept on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like say, super talented people. So you know, yeah, yeah all of them. You really can't go wrong great. with any of them. That's why I put right. them on the list. So they're all pretty dope. So let's see, uh, Batman or Superman? That's a that's a tough one there, you know. Uh I had to go with Superman, you know. Yeah. He, he you know, those are uh innate powers he like, was born with, you know. So Yeah. Bat Batman, you know, he had to get some some gadgets, but I mean he got it done, so but I go with Superman. Yeah, definitely. I probably pick the same. I know some people like uh Batman's personality, but I also think like in a fight, like Superman will win every time, so <laughs> Oh, you know, like the laser beams from the eyes and all that. I always forget about that, too. Like, people don't focus yeah, on man. that that much. They always focus on the strength and the flying. He can shoot lasers out of his eye. He doesn't even get yeah, close man. to you. Shoot. Reverse the uh, the orbit of the Earth or whatever yeah, he, he can like he can start losing so, the fight and just go back in time. <laughs> yeah, man. So, yeah. That's, that's a very him. good point. Nobody's brought that up yet. That was super. So, uh, let's see. Gucci Man or Jeezy? Do you have an opinion on this? Ooh, this is a tough one. Uh, I'll have to say overall, man, I I, I personally would have to go with Gucci Mane. Yeah. You know, it's just, uh, and it's more so just because of the old Gucci, man. It's just, just a unpolished, you know, he was like a lone wolf, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, Jeezy came in, it was more so, he had talent for sure. You know, that first, I would say his first mainstream project after Boys in the Hood. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, but that was a classic project. But it's just, um, it's just a certain uh, realness uh, that I, you know, take in from Gucci Mane, the trials and tribulations that actually, you know, go along with, you know, that lifestyle, yeah. you know, it's like you, it's, it's a little hard to make it out untouched. Even if you don't go to jail, there's certain elements that's going to stick with you from that. And from his life, his, you know, how, you know, his mannerisms and stuff, you could tell, you know, you can, you can sense that. So I, that's why I give it to Gucci Mane, you know, yeah. not taking anything from Jeezy, but I, I had to go with Gucci Mane. Yeah, definitely. I can feel that. Yeah, and I definitely see, like, Gucci was a lot more raw with it. Like, Jeezy brought you to the streets, too, but he polished it off a little bit first. Most definitely. Yeah, so I can definitely I can definitely see that. All right, so the age-old question. We don't got to go deep. I'm not going to argue with you or nothing, but uh, Mike or LeBron? Oh, well, for me personally, it's have to be Mike, you know. Uh, I'm not a huge sports fan, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, I never knew yeah. that, because I, I guess we never had sports conversations. Yeah, yeah, no, you know, it, for me, uh, like you said, most of the men in our family, you know, that we were around, they were, they were involved in business. Yeah, you know, nobody, you know, your your pops or you know, Twan, yeah. nobody. They say, hey, yeah. let, let's let's go shoot, let's go shoot some hoops. It was, you know, I'm watching them go fix a property. I'm watching them do something at the bookstore. You know, these various things. Yeah. It was just. So it's like I'll go to a live event and enjoy it, but uh, to answer your question directly, I go with Jordan, man. Like I say, just from like I say, being a child, uh, you know, it's like if you, I guess it's all related to my era. 
you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Jordan. You say best boxer. I'm going to say Mike Tyson, you yeah. know. Um, you know, and, and I, I, you know, I don't think you can really go wrong. And like saying, then, uh, LeBron, he's still, you know, he's still active in his career. So, yeah, you know, so who knows who what knows. things he could pull off. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if he wins like three, four championships back to back in LA, that might change people's, you know, opinion of him. Mm-hmm, most yeah. definitely. So definitely. Okay. Let's see. So actually, and, to let you know, you're the first person, to let you know the demographic that's been on here, you're the first person that's actually said Michael Jordan. I was very surprised. I've had wow. multiple people, and you're the very first person to say Michael Jordan. And I'm and I'm a LeBron fan. Like, LeBron is my guy, but I always have to, like, at least play devil's advocate. I can't be like, oh, yeah, I agree with you, you know? So I have to play devil's advocate a little bit. But, like, people always pick LeBron. Yeah, and I think a lot of it, like you say, it just has to do with uh... – if you're not actually there in that moment, yeah, you can't really take on the the impact of you know that buzzer shot that one player took versus the other. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with literally being there, living in that moment, feeling the energy that you take in from others, and that translate you know, or or it 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 seeps into your decision of oh no, this is the best guy because. Yeah. yeah, you were at a party with all your buddies and everybody went crazy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, almost like hearing a certain song at the strip club. It's like, <laughs> you, yeah. you, there's so much other elements that are going into your feelings about that song. You know, so saying it with these players and who's better or not, you being at a social gathering and or sitting there and actually witnessing it. You know, it's like, I, you know, I can't say I've uh, sat and watched uh, every Muhammad Ali fight. You know, yeah. But I know he, I know he's good. I know yeah. he's very good. But, but I, I sat and I watched Tyson's fight, so I'm all in it. You know, you sitting there, you know, jabbing, moving with him. Yeah, so you exactly. Physically, so same thing with the with the uh, players. Like say, definitely if it's a younger demographic, this is what they're watching. They're taking this in, so it's like. They, I think it's a a more of an emotional connection. Yeah, to I, it. Not that's a very important point, though. I feel like the problem is when people have those arguments. A lot of people don't say that. They don't. They won't put that into account. You know, the fact that like the nostalgia and just the just it being their era and actually being there and seeing them being on the court instead of watching the highlight. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't really take into account how much certain things play a factor in their life, you know, yeah. like a lot of people go through life. So they might be totally oblivious to it, that this is what's affecting my decision or yeah. my view on life. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a, and that could be a way deeper conversation. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> but, uh, let's see. So the last question I always ask is, uh, if you take yourself back to when you were like young, right? Like whenever you first started walking to the, like the, the store by yourself mm-hmm. and you have $5 in your pocket, you going into the corner store, what are you buying? Oh man, uh, I definitely bought some now laters. Yeah, little now later candies. Uh, I probably I know Twizzlers have always been a staple in my life. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes we might they just had these little candy cigarettes you could buy. I miss them. I feel like they don't sell them anymore. You could like blow the powdered no. sugar out and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, they, you know, because they felt it was a bad influence on kids. You know, yeah. they was groom, grooming us for Newports. <laughs> they <laughs> was. Yeah. Now they but, got vapes. Um, yeah, man. What else would I? 
Yeah. Well, you know, back in St. Louis, you know, Vest Soda was a yeah. big thing. So I give me like, you know, peach, or, you know, uh, cream Vest Soda, you know. Yeah. That would pretty much be it, man, for me. Or, you know, maybe some uh, some barbecue potato chips, you know. Yeah. Nothing, nothing I miss too the, crazy. Uh, red Hot yeah. They don't sell those here. <laughs> no, but I think you can. I think you can order them. I believe and get them shipped. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna have to I do. I believe. Yeah, for like those people who don't know, it's like almost like a, just like a spice, a spicy version of the uh, Lay's Ruffles. Yep. It's like yep. the same thing, except it's just spicy. I, and I wonder why Lay's doesn't just make that. That just seems like such a, a obvious like <laughs> marketing. I line. think. I think it's, uh, they got, you know, like with chips and stuff, it's a lot of regional stuff. Like I even, uh, yeah. I had a friend from, uh, out in Virginia and, uh, they, uh, were getting from back home, from back in Virginia, they had these things called, uh, crab chips. Basically it was chips with crab seasoning on it. Yeah. Almost like the old, like almost like Old Bay yeah, seafood yeah, yeah. season, but they are good, man. You know? So I think it's like, you know, they got all these different little regional products that they feel, okay, well, this is, this is the, you know, the, uh, whatever they call that, that area, uh, yeah, like, cake, the Cape Cod area The you know, it was like seafood is big out here. So we'll have these products. Yeah, out here, that makes you know? sense. Cause there's probably like a lot more, uh, barbecue flavor stuff here in Texas than there mm-hmm. is like probably on the East coast or something. Then you got like those, uh, those, uh, what are those Cajun chips? They got these oh, little alligator zaps. chips. Yeah, zaps. Yeah, voodoo chips. All yeah, that, you know, because I, I guess they got a lot of a lot of people from New Orleans that are probably you know displaced from back when Katrina hit. Yeah. So I've asked a couple people on the podcast. It. They're like, when they tell their story, they're like, they came from New Orleans during Katrina, yeah. and that, yeah. and they just stayed. It's a lot of people from Louisiana here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, though. So we got your your five dollars down. So I kind of wanted to like uh, touch back on what you were saying earlier about like rappers and their ego and stuff. You brought you kind of brought up like the whole six nine situation because um, right. I've been seeing it like, you know, pop up in everywhere because actually for a while, especially with everything that's going on with the protests with George Floyd, R.P. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor and way Most too definitely. many fucking names <laughs> on Ahmaud, that list. Yeah, Ahmaud Arbery, yep. Like it's, it was crazy because like I was having a conversation with one of my friends and we were trying to like talk about a specific story and we're getting the names of them confused. They're like, oh no, that's not, you know, that's not Ahmad. That that's um that's Trayvon, right? That's not Trayvon. That's like we're getting the names confused because there's so many. Not because we right. got bad memories, but because the list is so long. It's so yeah. crazy. But yeah, it's, that like obviously took over the news cycle for like the past like nine days at least, you know? So it wasn't a lot of Takashi 69 talk. But then all of a sudden he pops up with Akon, Akon has him remixing the Locked Up song, and then he has right. a song dropping with Nicki Minaj, and I haven't even listened to that, because I've been listening to, like, people have been sending me music to listen for, uh, like, the next episodes of the podcast, so I haven't really been listening to a whole bunch of the new, new stuff, but I've seen it, and I see the videos of them together posting, and I saw her Instagram post trying to justify it. It's it's really weird, but what's your take on the yeah. whole 6 9 situation? Um, what, first and foremost, uh, it's like if if you are living a certain lifestyle, you you one are responsible for who you bring around within that circle. Yeah. 
So the guys that even brought him around, if you are literally living this type of a life, you cannot bring somebody that's so flamboyant around you, whether they got rainbow hair or whether they want to wear an old Puff Daddy shiny suit and stand out there on the corner with you, you know, yeah. uh, you know, uh, even his first video, like I said, a lot of kids, even a lot of those guys that were in the video wearing the bandanas, you got a lot of guys that are just, they followers, you know? And, uh, you know, so it looks like a lot of guys, a lot of muscle, right? Yeah. But it really, you got a lot of, a lot of people that want to be accepted, you know? So whether it's, I'm going to claim a game or I'm going to come over when the, when the NBA finals are on, even though I don't really watch basketball all season, but I want to be involved. I want to be down with something. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, so one, I'm saying that the responsibility initially fell on those guys. If you really a solid, quote unquote, OG, street person or whatever, you would never bring a person like this around you to to bring you down like that. You've seen too many stories and situations. It's not like you're the pioneers of this, you know. Uh, you know, it's not like this uh, prison and federal indictments and RICO uh, convictions or something new to the area of New York. You, yeah. You've seen it all before. You know it. But like, you know, uh, I think sometimes people fall prey to, uh, like say, attention, fame. Yeah. It's like, even though there's some street dudes, it's like, oh, you know, I'm getting this extra notoriety. It's not just on the block. You know, I can I can get into the door with this guy. And so, you know, uh, I've seen cats hang themselves legally uh, to impress a, a female. Yeah. You know, so there's no telling. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'll be with 6'9", but, you know, I'm the one that actually blah, 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 blah. You know, just to kind of get one of these, what they might consider upper level uh, chicks or ladies that they may have never previously had exposure to. Yeah. So, but like I say, I say I, a lot of the responsibility of who are most of the people that got convicted, I'll say it falls upon them. You know, I know they say that he was not the only one that told whatnot, but I think the, to bring someone around, you know, like say, if you are going to say, Hey, we're going to be the muscle that backs him. That's fine. You could be the muscle that backs yeah. him. Like many people don't know that, you know, uh, well, it's no secret now, but you know, that Jay Prince is behind Drake, right? So you would look at Drake and some people might be like, oh, you know, he's a singer, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But they are quietly behind him. Yeah. You know, so that, that organization or that group of guys or whatever, they could have still benefited financially and quietly been behind him and dealt with problems. But uh, they totally deteriorated uh, whatever it was that they may have fought for previously went to jail for by bringing a, you know, my personal opinion is a clown. You know, yeah. I think it's, uh, you know, and then with the issues of race being a hot topic right now, I think that if you really listen to 6ix9ine, and it's my opinion, I could be wrong, but I really feel like he's performing a modern day blackface or minstrel show. So mm. minus, minus the hair, because what did he say in his first song that he put out? Well, even before that, let's go back to his last interview on The Breakfast Club. He said, oh, those are dirty blood niggas. 
you know, uh, uh, you know, and then he said, uh, in this video, he, what he have? Okay. So I'm going to give them the, 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 the coon show. So I got a bunch of black girls twerking. And then in this song says something about, I shoot up the chicken spot, you know, like yeah. this is a, a well-known stereotype, yeah. you know, what, the chick, the, the chicken spot. What is the chicken spot? So, yeah. you know, he, he didn't say, you know, a particular restaurant that's in their neighborhood. You know, I come by and shoot up this, re- you know, JoJo's chicken on 51st, wherever, you know, whatever they have yeah. up there, right? Just some generic term that will associate him with, with black the people. black community. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to get paid to perform in blackface, basically, you know? Yeah. That, that's the way I view it, you know. That's a good uh, point. All the while you're putting black men in jail. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, even though he, it's the rainbow hair and everything, but essentially he, he he took certain elements. So instead of the black skin, the black face, he put on the red bandana. So that was the black face. I, I'm going to put on a red bandana, you know. I'm a, you know, I'm going to perform at these particular, you know, this culture that uh, unfortunately it's tied to us from various, uh, you know, uh, economic conditions. You know, we like I say it can go into a whole deeper thing, but but how these different groups went off into left field and started killing each other, right? But I'm going to take that and uh, capitalize off that, and then you know, again, there's like with no regard. It's like uh, no concern of anybody in that organization. Like I say, there was no ties whatsoever, no concern. Yeah. So that's what makes it where, I, I, like I say, I don't know, it's like I almost... It's hard to blame, yeah, just him solely. Blame him, right, yeah. It's like, yeah. how could you let this individual, like, I wouldn't yeah. even let you come around. Now, like I say, like, you and you artist, know he was a, you knew he was a square from the beginning. Exactly. So it's like, exactly. why would you expose him to all this? If you don't give him material, if you don't give him ammunition to use against you, then he can't right. snitch on you. You know, if you don't give him snitch material to snitch on, you, he can't right. snitch. And then it's like, un- and then the the unfortunate blowback of this is that by us having, because we, there's so many overlapping uh, uh, lifestyles in the black community. You know, yeah. whether, you know, like I say, I could have a, a cousin, cousin that owns a business and I have a cousin that's doing life for murder. You know, yeah. it's, it, these are, I, and I'm exposed to both, right? And so, but when you're explaining this, it makes it, it, it almost, it, it deepens those stereotypes that, oh, all black men are criminal, black men are criminal. Look how, yeah. look how they're explaining this. Because we're, because we're having to sit and explain or say why this is wrong, what he did, it makes it seem like we're fighting for a lifestyle of yeah. criminality, you know? So it's like, we're all defending a criminal lifestyle. So it, it makes it say, well, look at them. They're all mad. You know, they must all be criminals. You know, but, you know, I had to just take it back to beyond a, a, a criminal aspect to children and all cultures. Hey, you know, stop tattletelling. You know, it, it just becomes annoying. You know, hey, you're being a tattletale. And it's like, basically, you're out there fighting with your brothers. Y'all hitting each other. Yeah. And now you want to tell, you know, now the punches might have escalated to something a little more than punching, but. You you were playing ball too. 
I'm pretty sure he probably, he said, oh, you slept with my baby mama. I'm pretty sure with his fame, he may have flirted with one of those guys, girls, friends, or something like that. I'm pretty sure it wasn't just a one-way street. You know, but who knows? Yeah, but uh, yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel what you're saying on that. Yeah, definitely. But um, yeah, when it comes to six nine, yeah, it's a, it's a really actually, it's not even that complicated because it's, it's like you're saying, if you are gonna be a part of that that lifestyle, you have to deal with what comes with it. But what I was trying to address is uh, what you were saying about how like people say, well, black people, you're trying to justify, you know, the, these bad things. You're trying to justify this criminality by saying that he's uh, that uh, six nine is bad or the group is bad or whatever. But you have to also think about the same people that say that about black people are the same people who like justify like you know they would say you know if a girl says she got raped they'd be like well what she, what was she wearing. You know what I'm saying? These are these are victim blamers. You know what I'm saying? So like right. they they it's it's like having a con even trying to like rationalize with these people is like at this point it's getting frustrating. I feel like this conversation that we're having about this, like if we would have had this like a year ago, this would have been more of a, a real debate. But I'm kinda happy that we're at a point now where we're like as a people, black people, we're just like, if you're not on the train, then you're just getting left. Cause I feel like before right. it was more about like having a dialogue. Now it's like, we're only having a dialogue with people who are willing to have a dialogue. We're not doing any right. more extra going out of our way to reach out to you. Like we've got our direction. We're moving here. And if you're not on this train, peace. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Like I said, a lot of people get the energy sucked out of them by, you know, you can't sit on social media all day and have these intellectual chess matches. Yeah, you know, it's draining. It it, it takes there's time. It especially takes to when do somebody, these especially when you're arguing from a place of logic and they're not. You're never going to be able to actually meet somewhere. Like if you're having mm -hmm. two logical people and you just have two different uh, viewpoints of something, you can always end a debate and be and respect each other's opinions. But when you start off with like. Obama was born in Africa and Trump is the second coming of Jesus. It's like, how right. are we going to really have a real honest conversation? If that's the base right. point for your beliefs, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And, and it just, just the fact that like, say you have people that feel that their career is to be a troll. Yep. So you can get sucked down that rabbit hole. Yep. And a know? lot of people can't tell the difference either. But, uh, just, and just, to, and, and we can move past a six nine or we can stay there, but yeah. uh, just to say this, um, I, I personally feel like the way they pers they, or the way they go after or they will prosecute uh let's use Mike Vick, right? The dogs were the ones that were fighting, right? But Mike Vick went to jail for it, you know, because he knew the mindset mindset or conditions of the dogs that yeah. would allow them to fight each other, right? So saying that to six nine, he goes out and he's now says, Hey, oh, I'm just this Mexican, you know, I'm this Mexican kid, you know, nothing against Mexican. Mexicans, but this is what he's saying. He's disassociating himself. I'm not one of those fighting dogs. No, no. But but you you orchestrated this yeah. because you know you know you had you know the what is it 300 or whatever the label is that was behind him providing money. So it's like okay, yeah, Treyway, Tre, right? No, tre, the, but the the um, nine Trey Bloods. <laughs> no, no, yeah. not nine Trey. No, the the actual label that signed them, the one that oh, gave them yeah. the deal. I can't remember. Who? Yeah, that's who is financially backing you to make you feel this sense of entitlement. So it's like, okay, I'm going to make these dogs fight. So I'm going to go to Chicago. I'm going to stir up this shit. And I got my dog. I'm going to bring my dog to the fight. I got the nine trade bloods. This is my dog. I'm going to come over here to Chicago so I can fight against the GDs. You know, 
you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like you orchestrated, you orchestrated these fights or these 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 incidents. Uh, so whether you consider yourself uh, this or not, you orchestrated. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's the frustration. <clears throat> is that it goes back to there being no justice. It's like the brown bag test. Oh, he's lighter than a brown bag. We'll let you go. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. if he'd have been a dark skin, uh, let's say, uh, from Latin America, if he was a little bit darker, if yeah. let's say he was brown like us from Brazil, oh, they'd have gave that boy some time, you know, but he's a lighter complexion, you know, uh, he tried to assimilate, you know, how I've seen quite often you'll have some, uh, either Mexican or Latin or, uh, that will say, well, they associate more. And it's even on job applications and tests. It say, you know, uh, you're a non-white Latino or, you know, it says something on those. Yeah, forms. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Right. So it's like, you know, they're saying, like, when it's, you know, when it's Cinco de Mayo, oh, oh, it's time to party. Yeah, that's me. I'm Mexican. But in other aspects, it's like, no, yeah, you know, yo, I really associate with This with, relative's uh, getting with, locked up at the border. Now you're quiet. Yeah, exactly. You start to associate more with just being white. So when it's good, when the time when it's time to party or you know taco I can Tuesday. make a meme taco Tuesday <laughs> oh yeah you know put a little extra accent on certain words but any, any other time you know it's, it's total disassociation so saying all that to say without kind of muddying the water too much is just that I that, that is why when people hear the frustration is that again he, he came over here played around, and he got away scot-free. We yeah. look at it as injustice. It's another case of just injustice. Yeah. That, you know. Uh, and kind of like what you were saying, you were talking about a little bit earlier, like the, uh, the how the, the no snitching, how it's, how a lot, of, how some people may misunderstand that. Like how you're saying the kids in the backyard fighting. It's like the no, the no snitching isn't saying don't tell on somebody when they do something wrong. It's saying if you choose to engage in this behavior with somebody, then you need to, and you're able to settle it on your own, you need to settle it on your own. You know, right. if your sons are in the back, you know, you have two kids in the backyard, they're fighting. They should be able to settle that amongst themselves, you know. As long as it does, as long as nobody's, you know, broken bones or bleeding or something like that, they should be able to settle this. You don't need to come run and tell me every time somebody y'all have a disagreement. And like, if you choose to live a gangster lifestyle, then and they do some shit, they fuck your baby mama, then you need to do what gangsters do because that's what you signed up for. Because right. other gangsters, they're not gonna go to the police. They gonna they either gonna come to you or they are gonna let it slide and disassociate themselves with that chick and disassociate themselves with that them people. Or they gonna yeah. you know saying fight shoot whatever but like you signed right. up for that and it's not saying that no you shouldn't no you shouldn't if you're a civilian you shouldn't tell you know what i'm saying when somebody kidnaps you but it's like no if you're a gangster and you signed up for gangster shit then you need to handle it like a gangster yeah you're saying that you control all this money right you flashing all these cars so you're saying i have money that's power you showing you over in russia running around with ak so okay you said i got <laughs> yeah, money he does, i have you know i got money i have connections overseas you telling me you can't get a few as he said quote unquote dirty blood niggas touched you know so it makes everything he's saying just totally totally irrelevant I like I say I think that this he's a flash in the pot at this point people are listening or maybe checking it out but in my personal opinion what he's trying to present it, it, it can't it can't float at this yeah. point his brand basically he tarnished his brand yeah. you know your brand was that of 
being this gangster street guy. Now, again, it's, anything's possible. You know, yeah, he like I said, he has a song with Akon. Nicki Minaj just did a song with him, so who knows? But you know, Akon hasn't been super hot musically. Of course, he's doing amazing stuff over in Africa, business-wise and stuff like that. But musically, he's not the most relevant right now. And Nicki Minaj is kind of like, to be honest, kind of fighting for relevance. I don't want. I know the Barb's. If they hear this, they'll attack me. But she is kind of like yeah. fighting for relevance right now. Must the Meg, the Stallions, the Cardi B's, and stuff like that right now. So right. I, I, I've yet to. We we're gonna need to see a record with like a Drake or something, which is not gonna happen. So right, no, not at all. So yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. But on the flip side, so we can transition from six nine. There have been a lot more artists than I thought that are being more active with their platforms as far as like social justice or social injustice okay. like meek mill right he's releasing songs uh you know yg just releases fuck the police and then everybody came down on him about it and he doubled down on the song <laughs> he was like right. no i said what i said that's he was like it's, it's no secret meaning that's how i feel yeah <laughs> yeah most definitely uh you know because i i think that you know most people starting to grasp that the fact that when these situations happen they're not always checking ID before they start shooting, choking, or whatever. Yeah. So it can be, you know, it can be you. And I think with Meek Mill personally, after him actually dealing with a unjust situation, yeah. you know, uh, and it's so common, man, Too you common. know, how people get caught up in, like I say, caught up legally. And, and I personally feel like they need to start having more. I think when they have court, I think it should always be, a three judge panel. I don't think one individual should have that much power. Yes. And then the whole, this whole uh, old uh, parliament type of approach to judges is like, no, you work yeah. for us, your honor. Like, yeah. no, man, you a human yeah. being. You went to law school, you studied law. Okay, I respect that you know the law and you're like a professor in school. Yeah, I call you judge this but, or but doctor this, your, but yeah, but honor? your honor. Might as well you be know, like master. Whole, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, uh, you know, even with, again, you know, rest in peace, George Floyd, it's too often that you have people addressing the police as sir. And they're like, they might be older than the officer, you know? Yeah, it's I see like, that a lot. You know, and it's like, if, now, if you just talk that way and you out the military, you know, and you, okay, fine, but if you're doing it out of some old Jim yeah. Crow South, let me put my head down uh, when a white person yeah, walks out. Yeah, uh, you know that type of reaction. That's that's showing it how ingrained racism, the trauma of uh, you know all that stuff is ingrained in our society. For somebody who's just normally talking, who knows how to just be kind and you know speak to you with respect, but once they take it down to that, you know that level. You know that shows the 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 you know just how deeply rooted these issues are. You know, yeah. when you, like say you got a guy on the ground here. They say he was you know six six. You know, so he was a physically large, strong person. Now I don't know. Like say I don't have all the details of state of mind at that moment or different things like that. You know, but but it's it, it's not isolated to just that incident. You see? Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, I, but you know, like say with artists, I'm just I, I like say I think that, uh, I think a major thing about this uh, whole thing is that he had connections with individuals who have 
the finances to stay active, right? Yeah. You know, he got Steven Jackson and all those connections with, you know, different people in Houston that are, they don't have to worry about getting up. Oh, well, I'm going to have to get back to Houston because I got to go to work on Monday. No, they got enough money to play with and keep pushing the issue. Yeah, keep fighting. You know, uh, they can, you know, they can buy some IG ads. They can, they can do various things and have yeah. different connections. Go on ESPN, go on First Take and go on uh, Undisputed with Skip and Shannon and stuff and talk about these things. So. Yep. So I, I think that that's one thing that plays a major factor. And, and they've had media training, you know, yep. uh, you know, Steven Jackson, they know how to talk to the media, uh, yeah, so, that's important. It's sad, but it's important because so often people won't take you serious. Because even like on a lighter note, when I when I deal with artists, I tell them the importance. Like when you make a post on your social media, it's very important to check for typos because there are people who will literally dis dismiss you as an artist, dismiss your music if you make a typo that they just think is stupid. You know, they right. will like look at you as an ignorant person just because they saw a typo. Even it could have been genuine. It might even be the phone mess you up. You know, it might not even really exactly. be your fault. But some people either look, they might look at you as stupid, or not even that. Just from a a marketing standpoint, some people feel like you have to earn their dollar, so they're nitpicking everything they can. So if they're like, oh, if you don't pay enough attention to uh to spell things right. How am I going to trust that you pay enough attention to your music to like provide good quality or, you know, or into your product or into your service and stuff like that? And people really do nitpick these things. And that might be the difference between them downloading your song or not or buying your you know product or not or coming in to get their hair done or their nails done or getting their, you know, their lawn done or their taxes done by you or whatever. It's because you put a typo in your ad. and but. Right. Yeah, so like you were saying, media training and and being able to speak and get your point across clearly is very important because it's sad that like when you have often too often you have these mothers crying on TV and they might not be the most articulate because they're not used to like crying after their child got murdered with a camera in their face. That's not a normal situation for them, so they might not right. you know say everything as clear as possible. And people just dismiss them like, oh, they don't sound uh, educated, so they probably were doing something. You know, they're probably doing some hood rat shit. You know what I'm saying? And it, it got them of, into that situation. I think one of the worst cases of what we're talking about was doing the Trayvon Martin trial when the girl got on the stand that was his friend. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, you know, uh, that's unfortunate. Like I say, I can't say that person's state of mind, but I will say that it goes hand in hand, hand in hand with what we're talking about, you know, as far as I think had, had that been a more well-spoken individual, even though the card, the deck was stacked, you know, yeah, I, I still think that that would have played a, a major factor. Like, even if they would have let him get off, I think the right person, really clearly speaking about what took place, it would have it would have made a deeper impression in you know in the, the society as a whole. Yeah, the world I should Definitely. say because the world the world was watching, and so it's like you know it it almost. Unfortunately, it, it fell into that almost like that stereotypical individual. Unfortunately, at the yeah. wrong moment for us. Yeah, and it's like, like, and it's and it's and it's another one of those like victim blaming moments because like she did nothing wrong. It, it's nothing wrong with that. It's just that it's so easy. It's been so easy for so long for people to dismiss stories from 
people of color, you know? Like yep. and so like you it's it's crazy. You have to you have to not have a police record and you have to dress well and you have to have, be clean cut and you have to speak well and you have to have an education behind it and all this type of stuff just for people to take you serious. And it's like right. this is dumb. Like I'm being murdered or my friends being murdered. It's like why do I have to like go through a job interview just to exactly. get your support, just to get you to believe me, just to get justice, you know? Like it should be like is this right or is this wrong? What does right. it matter what the what the messenger looks like or speaks like? And yeah, it gets because, frustrating. Yeah, because it, it, like if that's the justification, or are we saying that you know if somebody wanted to be really ignorant, so is it? Are we saying that w- within the court of law, as long as I find another person that has a criminal background, I can freely kill them it, because they were they were a criminal? So you're saying that I have the right to kill them? No matter what it might have been. Oh, you know, they, they, they got caught with an ounce of weed five years ago. So I can kill them, right, Your Honor? You know, as yeah. they want to say. Yeah, Your that's Honor. the crazy That's basically one. what they're saying. Yeah. Oh, it, he got caught in high school smoking a joint. So, you know, definitely uh, there were some problems there with this individual. Shit like, stuff like that. Excuse me, I don't know if we can curse. I know, yeah, you can. It's, it's all good. But, okay. yeah, it's, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Because it, it's one thing when, like, um they catch you in the act of doing something wrong. Half the time it's something petty, but like, you know, somebody could be like, well, he was doing something wrong. But like, one of the things that frustrates me most, like, for example, is the Eric Garner situation. Like, even when black, even when black people uh, tell the story, like, they're not being malicious, but even when black people tell the story, they always like, he got killed for selling cigarettes. He wasn't even selling cigarettes. He didn't have exactly. cigarettes on him. That cop yeah. recognized him because he had sold cigarettes with uh, he had sold cigarettes individually outside the package before, and that cop right. had given him a ticket before. But in that moment when he got murdered on camera, he didn't have cigarettes on his pocket in his pocket. He wasn't selling cigarettes. He just happened to witness a fight. He was a big guy. He broke up the fight. He was the hero right. of that moment, you know, and. But, like, people keep, like, perpetuating the story that he was selling cigarettes. And it makes it easier for a lot of people to say, well, he was doing something illegal. When you're doing something illegal, what do you expect? But it's like he wasn't even doing anything illegal. And even if he was, it shouldn't matter. Yeah. I mean, mean, that's, like, one of the silliest crimes I can think of. It's like saying, okay, I have a pack of gum and I'm standing there with my friends. If I want to sell him a piece of gum, if I want a nickel for this one piece of gum, you gonna come and tackle me, kill me? Oh so, no! Like any, like any, like any drinking white person in America. Like I've worked at, a, I've worked as a bartender for a long time. Any white drinking person in America can relate to this. Even if you don't smoke cigarettes, you've been around people where you're outside. Black people too, but I'm just trying to say so white people can understand. Like you're outside, you're smoking cigarettes after you're drinking your beers. Or on the, the the place has a patio. People like, can I bum a cigarette? I give you a dollar for a cigarette. People do that all the time. That's a normal right, thing. Right. That's a normal thing. Yeah. They uh, and how would that I white person that. feel if they're on the patio of that bar and then some cop just came and tackled them and like I mean, choke, put them in a chokehold? Yeah. Well, what you're describing, not even just at a bar. Uh, I work at AT and T. Yeah, lunch break. And so you know, <laughs> lunch break. I, I've been outside now. I don't smoke, but. That's a common conversation. Hey, man, let me buy a cigarette. You know, yeah. people, smokers, they do it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, uh, yeah, it's just insanity for them to be able to, to say that and then for somebody to repeat it like, yeah, he was committing a crime. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? You know? Uh, and, you know, and that's another thing. It's just like the justifications being used. Uh, 
especially like say with 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 weed, uh, you know, for for somebody to be able to say in New York, oh, well, you know, they have weed in their system, but oh, in Nevada it's legal. It's like, hey man, are we the United States or not? You know, I know. It, 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 you know, if Tylenol fixes my headache in LA, then Tylenol fixes my headache in Louisiana. So whatever works for the human body mm-hmm. in Nevada should work for the human body in Nebraska. So th- they definitely have to step up. You know, like say federal uh, guidelines or the adjustment of federal guidelines. Yeah, the scheduling. With, you know, marijuana. you know, yeah. As far as you know, what they consider probable cause. You know, or you know, people still being incarcerated right now while we have people on the fronts of dispensary magazines talking about you know this is the new wave or this is the new big industry. This will make X amount yeah. of billionaires. So it's like that's insane. You know, but if somebody knock over a building, we all got to wave our flags and say, hey, you know, you know, home of the free, you know, land of the brave, you know, know, yeah, never forget. So it's like, okay, if we all together, then we need to all be together on all this other stuff, too. You know, because thousands of lives are getting impacted in this other situation all at once as well. It's just you're not seeing it all at once on TV. Yeah. And like I say, and it's just like you say, it's just the the. The fact that, uh, you know, certain things get censored, right? But we were all able to freely watch this slow, real-life murder. Never got mm. took down, never bleeped out his face, blurred out nothing. Yeah. So it's like you have to understand it's like, you know, whether you've never been through something before, you know, you now more than likely will have PTSD if you never yeah. went through anything before. And it's like, you know, and like I say, most people, you know, if it's their first time seeing something like that, they won't really grasp it. But it's like, okay, you see a violent experience when you're 11 and then you go through your teen years and, you know, different fights and stuff or you get pulled over and, you know, a police is at you with his gun. All this stuff starts, just starts to get reinforced in your mind and, and you walking around with PTSD. Yeah, and, and then you, you know, see I, these videos and all of these victims look like you. Exactly. And so it's like I was trying to explain to my wife, it's like, okay, it's like it's it's like it puts your body in the shock because it's like I have to come in the house and play with my babies and, you know, tone it down. But when I walk out that door, you know, it's like it's like I'm on the battlefield. Now I'm listening to my music. I'm enjoying it. But low key, I'm on high alert for a variety of things. Now we moved from St. Louis down to Texas. And so I'm in a, a totally different environment. So you don't have all of the same uh, landmarks that can remind you of, you know, different little things that went on, you know, growing up. But even with that, you driving down a, a road by some lake. Yeah. And uh, all blacked out police SUV is just kind of slowly cruising along in your, you know, in your blind spot. It's like, come on, man, you know, you gonna yeah. go or what? These state so troopers they, out here, they're fool. <laughs> yeah, so it's like you know, you face with as you riding with this decision, like, dang, you know, what if this, this is something? You know, am I gonna? Okay, do I let them just pull me over and uh, hope it goes well? Okay, what if it starts to be confrontation? I'm going to let them just beat my ass and kill me for my kids to see on TV. At what point do you try to fuck them up too? You know, it's so much stress that's involved with just that one interaction because you have to start to 
make some decisions. Yeah. You know, you know, how am I going to handle hold on, sorry about that. No, you good. You know, how am I going to handle this potential interaction? And it's like just the stress of that. They even have to feel that way. And I'm working, I'm paying taxes. I'm paying to put gas. I'm putting gas in this cruiser. I'm paying for the bullets. I'm paying for the tear gas. You paying Why for your should own? we have to? That's a crazy way to think about it. We paying for our own slaughters. <laughs> we paying yeah, for that shit. exactly. We're you funding our own murders. Yeah, that's what I'm like. You know, as I'm looking at these, and, and especially, I mean, of all times, you know, a lot of people are surprised when they see, uh, you know, these young white people being beat at these protests. But, you know, the reality is, Though the police, the, the ones that are, I won't even say police because I, I think that's where we get things. That's what really muddies the water and lets them uh, twist shit around, yeah. you know, and hide. Okay. So when we when we have races that uh, get employed by a police department, right? When they see you out there being a quote unquote nigger lover, it sets them off. Yeah. Some of so them hate that. Some that, of them hate yeah. them more than the black people themselves. They feel like I'm you're saying. betraying the race. Exactly. You're betraying the your people. Yeah. So it's like, like I tell people, man, if you never seen the movie Mississippi Burning, go watch Mississippi Burning. You know, a lot of these situations, uh, they, there's, it, it falls right in line. You know, nothing really has changed that much. But, but in the aspect of how they view people who, White people that try to help black people. Oh, you a race traitor. You a nigger lover, right? So it, it uh, so they so in shock when they out there. You, you know, they're thinking yeah. that I'm out here for them to save them. Why am I getting cracked in the head? Because you're not being taught these phrases in school right now. Nobody's yeah. gonna tell a, a a tenth grade class. Well, you know, this is what black people went through, and they consider these white people nigger lovers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so they 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 getting they being blindsided. Like I say, they had some national guards that were brought up there from. I think they said some of them were from Texas or these different remote areas. So they not worried about cracking you upside your head. You know, they 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 didn't go to high school with you. They they see a nigger lover, and I'm gonna bust you upside your head. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but. Uh, Enough about that. I don't know if I got. I don't know if we got way off track from where we were. But oh no, you good? I know, I know we like, were talking about in these times though. Yeah, but in these times though, like the conversation tends to just drift back to this because it's so prevalent. And like you were saying, it's already on our minds regardless. We've just been so good, like black men, black people in general. We've been so good at compartmentalizing it, doing everyday normal task and not letting it show but like you know now everything's at a boiling point and it's even showing like you know the past couple of episodes i've had on the po- on this podcast have been the same it's like where well, the conversation will go to music but then it comes back to like george floyd because this stuff is heavy on our mind it's heavy on our heart you know like yeah. that's why i don't specifically set that designate that as a topic to broach because i know is especially if i'm talking to another black man it's going to come up regardless because right. it's heavy yeah. on all of our minds heavy on all of our hearts so yeah. yeah, and it and and kind of just so I can kind of bring that full circle when we talk when I was mentioning the the PTSD that you know and like I say even white people anybody that sat there and, and watched somebody be murdered in real time for the first time you know gonna feel a certain way but when the person like you say looks like you you feel like oh I'm the target you know what I'm saying it's like you know like a guy might hear about a lady being raped right but. And it might be a horrible thing. It's like, damn, that's horrible. But 
the fear or the threat in the back of your mind is a little higher when you are actually a lady that has to go by, walk past certain alleys every day or, you know, works in a certain dark part of a building every day. Those, that, that trauma hits home a little harder. So like with us, we're from, from, so then it's not just us. It's our children too that we have to think about, you know? So it's like, damn, you know, it's not just me. Well, hell, you know, my son is seven. What do I talk to him about this? It's like, it puts so much stress on, on a person, but, uh, but, oh, this is where I was going with that PTSD part about it. Okay. So it gives a person PTSD, right? And, and, and so when people always say, okay, you acknowledge that these people are being brutalized by the police department. And this has been going on for God knows when, right? So you have people who have been, like they say, hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. So if you're coming out of slavery, uh, you know, you, you're being released from slavery poor and you're still being beat, lynched, you're seeing all types of atrocities take place, then you 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 have this PTSD. And it's like, at what point is it just down in your DNA, right? So then, so what you have is you have all these traumatized people. So minor disagreements lead to these explosions of violence because you, you have the mixture of poverty and like I say, anytime there's poverty, there's crime, whether it's over in Ireland, over if if it's over in the UK. Yeah, that's really you know, the real factor and more than race is poverty. Yeah. You know, like I say, whether it's up in uh Boston where they call themselves the uh what they call them, the, the the townies or a, a south whatever they call themselves, mm, right? Call them this rough this rough part of Boston where you got these poor white people that rob banks and do stuff, yeah. right? So there's poverty. Or there's Northern crime. California where they got what is a Murder Valley where they have all the where they grow all the weed yeah. and the mountains yeah. and stuff uh, like that uh, and people uh, be uh, killing each other and shit. Was it Humboldt Mountain or Humboldt? Yeah, Humboldt yeah, County. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yep. But I know what you're talking about. So saying that to say is so you have people that have been for the past few centuries traumatized. So when they act out, it's like, don't even bring up what you consider black-on-black crime. What about black-on-black crime? Okay, like I said before on a video I did on YouTube, you have to do a root cause analysis, okay? So this is somebody with PTSD. So don't say black-on-black crime. It's like, oh, you know, we got to rephrase it, man. It's like, oh, you know, you're talking about the people that got PTSD that lashed out, kind of how we had these war veterans that come back with PTSD and commit suicide, you know? Yeah. Like, that that's the true issue is PTSD, you know, and so so then that leads into our healthcare, you know. So that's what we're talking about, really, right? You know, so I, I like to just turn it on them, you know, because we're not just talking about oh, just simple petty crimes. Yeah. No, the, the, most of these people are dealing with post traumatic stress disorder. But I you made know? A, a post actually on Facebook. I don't know if you saw it. It was um, just a couple of days ago. It was like telling me about black on black crime is like saying. Well, the te- well the kids they get in fights all the time, but you only get mad when the teachers beat them up. It's like right, right. it's like you're comparing civilians. Like even if you take away all those mental factors that you're talking about, like the PTSD right, right. and the things that actually make people violent, the root, root causes, just look at it for what it is. You're looking at right. civilians, untrained civilians versus people who are paid to protect and to serve. It's like paid the, and, and trained. Yeah, Maybe and not tra- the best trained, yeah, not the trained. best training, but. Like and took a oath. It's like one like one literally has a responsibility that they've taken an oath for, like you said, and everything. And the other is just a person. 
You know, and right. like outside of that, like expect like of course like black people we have like we have uh I, I forgot the name of it, but we have like trauma ingrained into our DNA from years right. of of slavery and Jim Crow and all of that. But we also just have the you know we tend to you know we tend to all have. Most black people have been through some form of like police brutality or harassment, or we've been really close to it. Like we have a family member, member, brother, sister, cousin, aunt, something, you know. So most of us have have dealt with these experiences. But outside of that, there are bad people of every race. When it comes most to definitely. like committing a crime, if no matter where I am, if I decide I want to steal something, I'm gonna do it in the easiest way. Because probably if I'm stealing something, I probably want to do shit easy. Period. You know, because I don't want to work for it. So I'm going to like, right. I'm not going to travel far. If I live in Chinatown, then I'm probably going to steal something from Chinatown. If I live right. in, in you know, if I because live in the middle one, of the country, I'm probably going to steal something from somebody in the country. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, as you said, one, most people that's forced to do some of these petty crimes, they don't have no money. So it's not like, oh, I'm going to buy me a $300 plane ticket. I'm going to fly to, you know, I'm going to fly out to Utah and do a home invasion. And then I'm going to fly back, you know. They was already poor. They was, you know, so, of course, like you say, you know, uh, even on Silence of the Lambs, uh, yeah. what did he say? He said, we covet the things we see. You know, when they were talking about the yeah. serial killer, they kill who's right there by them. You know, these are, distance plays, location plays a major factor. Yeah. But an- another analogy that could be used that, you know, right now, as far as what you were talking about, as far as uh, them comparing the two and police being trained, uh, and civilians being civilians, something that's very relevant now, right now that they could probably understand is that, okay, if we go in Chick-fil-A and I go into the bathroom and we both don't wash our hands and come out, okay, that's one thing. But if the guy that's back there dropping fries goes in the bathroom, don't wash his hand, well, what's the difference? Well, no, you're responsible for all these people. You know, yeah, your responsibility you, you know, is different. Yeah, yeah, your your you know, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a greater responsibility. You know, what you're doing affects you know tons of people. You know, uh, so you know, I think that you know, just a, a simple analogy now, since everybody's concerned about washing hands and you know yeah. responsibility. No, that's and, a good, that's a know, very good, who's yeah, that's right a very good or wrong. Analogy. You know, uh, yeah, but uh, man, what was we were talking about something else you touched on. I think about it. But. Yeah. But let's bring it back to like, cause we, we brought up music a lot. And like I was saying how you were one of the first people that I saw that was like making money off of music and promoting artists and things like that. How did you get into music? Like originally, did you start off as an artist or were you always have like no. an executive mind or? Yeah, it was just like I say, we always were around business people. And so I never really was like a, uh, uh, you know, my father, he used to always, you know, make sure, you know, make sure you're not talking too loud in public and, you know, not like to be shy, but about your business. Right. Yeah. So it just, you know, he, you know, always make me sit down and he would make me when I was a kid sit down and write out in his checkbook the checks to pay the bills. Right. So it was just I was always interested in business. Mm. Right. I might have to do that. And, yeah, man. So it's uh, that, that, that was that was it. You know what I'm saying? I love music. You know, I'm a music connoisseur. You know, I love good music, right? Yeah. You know, even my, like my daughter right now, she was just in there listening to Stevie Wonder, you know. Yeah. So, you know, she's four. But it's like, if it's good music, it's like, you know, I like it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but so I actually originally got in uh, 
was a a, a buddy uh, of one of my older co- uh, a co- older cousin of ours. He he was he um he was going to visit a friend down at TSU, hmm. and uh, this guy was from St. Louis also. When we went down there, he was he was you know he was recording music and stuff. And so that was my first time actually being in the studio. Yeah. Well, I take that back. We actually have a cousin <clears throat> named Kent who lives up in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And he does like reggae style music. Yeah. You know, so that was my first time. As But I was little, you know what I'm saying? It didn't have a great impact. This time I was like, you know, fresh out of high school. And, um, uh, you know, this is around the time, uh, you know, no limit, cash, money, you know, they, they active, yeah, you know, the independent so music like, movement. Yeah, yeah. It's opening up everybody eyes to it. You know, they, they talking about it, you know? Uh, so saying that to say we went down there and so he had this music. So I, I drew up, I just drew up a few like uh logo designs for him. Cause he didn't have like a logo for it, you know? And um, so I, you know, I used to like to draw when I was, you know, well, I was still like the, you know, d- driving out there. But like that was the first little project. It was like, you know, he gave me like some money or something for that for that logo. Yeah. But then after that, uh, it was a guy in St. Louis uh, named uh, Ed Evans. He was uh, a friend of uh, Rodney. Uh, Rodney oh, yeah. used to cut his hair. Yeah. yeah Rodney yeah. used to cut his hair. But he had like. I was uh, moving uh, down to Texas now that I'm thinking about it. All <laughs> right. So uh, he, uh, he used to cut this guy's hair. But he used to take, this guy used to take pictures. This is one of the first people that I knew that was like building websites and, oh, do, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So I actually just started kind of doing some work with him uh, with like selling websites to people. So I was, you know, going to talk to different people that own labels and whatnot. And so I kind of, uh, what was it? I think uh, the first two, they were pretty decent sized labels in St. Louis. It was Petey Wax Records and they had the group Out of Order. Uh, you yeah. know, and back then they had the song Work Some, Twerk Some and then Out of Out of Order was uh the guy Sham who ended up being in track stores who yeah. ended up putting Chingy on, right? Yeah. Um but uh but you know he had a hot project going and then uh VIP Records had a hot project going because Spud, you know, with VIP Records, he was, you know, originally from Long Beach. So he had like a relationship with Snoop Dogg and different people and um you know, and I kinda knew some people out in, in California as well. You know, we had some family yeah. uh, on yeah. both on both sides that were out there. Yeah. And so um those were the first two labels that I kinda started to really work with. And it was more so just on a uh helping with uh, marketing and management, you know, uh, just kind of trying to help, like with the artists that were down there, making sure that okay, hey man, they sitting here in the studio, you know, make sure this person ain't sitting here just drinking and smoking too much, yeah, you know, you know, That's so it'd be important. just stuff, stuff like that, you know, uh, and and just going out, like say we out at the club, you know, just kind of trying to make sure, you know, to put out any unnecessary fires, you know, because you know, hey, we tr- we we this is what we over here trying to do, you know. So those were the first two groups that I initially got involved in, uh, you know, with some of those projects that kind of fizzled out. And some of that took place because of disagreements with the artists and the labels. And um, which kind of, you know, definitely led me to understand or see personally the value of 
getting that business out the way up front, you know. Yes. Like, I'm going to come over here. I'm going to do music with you. What are our terms, you know? And a lot of times, yeah, a lot of times people, uh, you know, they, uh, it's like, nah, you know, we ain't got to worry about that, man. I trust you, dog. You know, you know, they, they be appreciating the love they being shown from going out to the club and blah, blah, blah. But then, you know, as soon as, you know, they see somebody else getting something or some money does come in. And then now that it's time to negotiate these terms, well, it can be a little bit of a uneven playing field. Because yeah, people now, feel that they deserve more or less or whatever the situation may be. Most and definitely. It's like, we should yep. lay this out. Yeah, that's one yep. of the frustrating things that I've had as a producer because, for one, just even laying out to explain to people what the industry standard is. Because a lot of times I, was, I I deal with artists, right, and it'd be like let's just collaborate, right? No money, we'll we'll just uh, have the split sheet, fifty fifty. I make the beat, I produce it. You make the lyrics. You know, you write all your own lyrics and everything. I'm not writing for you or anything. So let's just do a fifty fifty split. And like I've had people have problems with that. They feel like they should get more yeah. than fifty percent. I'm like, this is the industry standard. Like if you go to like the ASCAP and uh, BMI websites like even their defaults on how the songs are split up when they ask for who's the publishing and the artist and all of that like it shows by default it's a 50 50 split half of a song is the music and half of the half of the song is the lyrics so yeah it's very important to get that out the way up front because you don't want to be a producer thinking like oh yeah it's the industry standard and then when it's time you know this song is getting some circulation and now you want to you know secure the terms and they're like no like i I should i do most of the work and i made it popular so i should get you know 75 percent right yeah and so kind of going back to uh time back then to right now it's like uh a lot of they would like that i, I had creative ideas and then I, I had an aggressive approach to business right but i think one thing that i because i wasn't an artist i wasn't i didn't learn enough about royalty so it's like I developed, I started to develop relationship with artists and different people. And so they will want me to participate with these projects and different things. And so I, you know, my, my duties were more so, I guess, administrative or yeah. I, I don't know how you would term it, but not where I would be listed as getting points on the album. I, that's how, that's all I kind of knew back then was, Oh, you getting so many points or yeah. I knew you, I knew what somebody was, I knew what re, being uh, money being recouped was or getting paid off of dollar one. I knew the basic terminology, but I never really studied royalties, uh, uh, sinking music, you know, these different aspects yeah, of the how, difference between, you know, yeah, the, the mechanicals the and the, yes. yeah. Performing and versus mechanical. Yeah. Yep. So like those are some of the things that like right now I'm actually trying to get a stronger knowledge of. I mean, I have a general concept of it. So like, yeah, right but now, like I with streaming, it's changed everything. It's like, okay, so yeah, it's totally yeah. changed the landscape. So even people, even if you were completely well versed in it, it's still a lot, a lot of new stuff out there now because the game is changing. It's still about like the game hasn't rested in its final spot yet. Yeah, because they say, you know, like say different platforms pay different amounts for streams. So Pandora might be one thing. Spotify might be another thing. YouTube might be something different. Yeah, and, and now and YouTube's then, starting to get counted into like Billboard and like uh, like Billboard Awards, Billboard charts and stuff like that. And it's changing the game. Yep. And then and, and, and like say then it once again becomes the, the complicated factors of 
you know, what your value is in, in regards to negotiating with some of these platforms, uh, you know, so yeah, it's definitely a lot to learn. You know, you never stop learning in this situation business or whatnot. Uh, mm -hmm. but, but again, uh, like say, you know, outside of that, you know, what I do see, uh, in regards to the music and what I'm looking at now versus back then, let's say, you know, what I'm talking about is like around 90, 98, 99 to right now. Right. Yeah. Is that, uh, not only are they skipping that artist development piece, you know, to really mm -hmm. polish their product before presenting it to the market they are skipping the step of building that relationship. It's like, so I think they lose a lot of uh, customer loyalty, let me see, by not building from the ground up with their fan base. You want to yes. shoot on a, you know, you just want to shoot on a scene with two diamond chokers on. It's like, well, I, I have no, I, I, you know, people root for the underdog, right? You know, you're telling me these stories of poverty and pain, but, Looks like yeah. you're eating good to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you I know, mean, that's kind of like how we were talking, like at the very beginning of the podcast. I was saying how a lot of artists they don't know how to hone in on why the demographic really likes them in that moment. So then right. that their that demographic or their fan base uh, outgrows them. They eventually mm -hmm. move on because you're not you don't have anything to truly tie and connect with them. You really are like you know riding a wave. You know what I'm saying? To use a more current yeah. term, instead yeah. of like. You know what I'm saying? Creating the waves, being the wave maker, yeah. you know? You know, and I actually I had a, is a, another, well, I don't know if you mind if I mention somebody else's podcast. I know, I don't care. Okay, so I had, uh, went on, uh, uh, Queen's Flip. He has, he on his live, he has the, uh, Flip the Script podcast out of New York. Yeah, I, I rock with Queen's Flip heavy, like, okay. comedy, battle rap, all that, yeah. So I went on there, um, and this was, Kind of shortly after, you know, the young guy Pop Smoke was murdered. Yeah, and, uh, Pop Smoke. You know, yeah, rest in peace. And, uh, you know, I said, you know, this kind of ties into it as well, is that uh, do you feel that um, the artists, their, their presentation, when their presentation doesn't match their lyrics in the crowds, kind of like uh, – it's kind of ties into that six nine situation, but mm -hmm. a little different. To whereas your presentation, so okay, example, one might hear your lyrics before they see you in person, right? Yes. So I hear your lyrics, and you, you know, it's it's a lot of heavy street talk, and I love that, right? So you bring out the wolves. Let me say, your music draws out the wolves to the club. Yeah. But now <laughs> when I see you, I, I, you know, I, I they love the lyrics because they can relate. That's their lifestyle. But when I see you and I see the diamonds, I see your entourage. I see guys that are doing very feminine dances. You know, like <laughs> yeah. I said, I'm just being honest. Yeah, from, yeah. From the, so it's like, you know, it's a, like, a young person. Up. Yeah. yeah, it don't sync up. And then they start to view you as a target. Not not yeah. just him. I see a lot of young artists get robbed. You yeah, know? And, it's your uh, fault because like you said, you invited the wolves. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm saying hey, you know, it's a wolf party over here but I'm coming in and I'm not, Dressed I'm like not a chicken. saying it <laughs> right, or I'm, I, I got a bunch of sheep like around a sheep. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah sheep. I, I surrounded myself with sheep because all, everybody in my crew got on little purses under their arms, a lot of bright colors, but I've invited the grimiest, grimiest people. I'm, I'm, I'm inviting the Crips. I'm inviting the 
GDs, vice lords, the bloods. I'm saying, you know, hey, if you ain't with the smoke, blah, 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 you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, we with the shit, we with all that, right? So yeah. I'm inviting that element, and then I'm going to come in, you know what I'm saying, looking like a, a, a meal to them. That's basically what you look like. You are inviting poor, hungry, dangerous people, unfortunately. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because th- that's who you're speaking to. Yeah. And they relate. So in saying that to say, it's like, hey, man, maybe these guys need to start off wearing T-shirts and Levi's and Chucks. If that's how you're going to talk, you know what I'm saying? In my personal opinion, in my personal humble opinion, you know, if you you need to start your presentation to your fan base needs to match your lyrics and your lifestyle. Yeah. You know, or if you, you know, or if you're saying that, hey, hey this is where I started. This is where I'm at. Well, then your level of protection should match. You know, if I got on diamonds that look like I'm the Prince of Wales, <laughs> then yeah. I should I should be moving as such. Yeah. You know, uh, a door being unlocked shouldn't be my demise. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, you know, from either, I think, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, For real, though. Not Young Berg or what? It, uh, whatever hitmaker, what he calls himself now. Yeah. You know, he had an incident where well, he you had a chain you know, around the transformer chain. <laughs> no, not that. No, recently where oh, they they accused oh, him of beating a young lady because yeah. they said she tried to set him up, right? Yeah. So it's like you know, that. if you, if you if you if you live in if you're trying to live a certain lifestyle, you know, make sure you moving completely right, you know. Um, but again, that all ties into I, I think. Artist development, proper management, you know, you being completely groomed for where you're going or where you're at, right? Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and like I say, I'm kind of trying to tie this all back into wh- what you asked me for is how I got into the music is because a lot of times with those artists, some of the things that I was responsible for was making sure that, you know, uh, we had the right types of individuals at venues for for incidents as such such as this yeah. you know make sure that okay the artists that we working with okay hey even down to going to their home and making sure that i inspect the deadbolt lock on your house you know okay yeah. you just got the little short screws in your deadbolt that's going to kick right off when they kick your door okay let's take those out let's put these long three inch screws mm. in your deadbolt so that it's into the frame right. and not just into that little fascia so so it's those fine details and things like that that allow me to kind of move forward. But unfortunately, when you're working in on the back end of it, your value is often tied to the project and whether it gets completed, right? Yeah. So a person can look at me and be like, well, who are you? You know, and it's like, even though, you know, you got, you know, 20 years in the industry, it's like it, it, it doesn't hold value. What if, have you done for me lately? <laughs> exactly. You know, or, if, you know, the artists that you worked around, uh, uh, you know, didn't reach a certain level. And a major error that I made back then, uh, was that I was confident in the groups of people that I was working with. I just knew, like I say, seeing cash money, no limit takeoff, and the people that I was around, the budgets that were there, I was like, okay, we're going to make it. I didn't take into account the petty infighting. I didn't yeah. take that into account. Right. Um, yeah. and so I, you know, I was around, you know, Twister, Black Rob and, uh, a lot of these Whoa. different people from, you know, uh, uh, Lil John, 
lots of different people, but I never would get up in people's face because I was confident in the crew of people that we was working with. You know, there was somebody else that negotiated uh, getting these people to do these features and different things, right? So for me, I speak, you know, dap you up or whatnot, hey, but I'm not going to just sit all up in your face like a groupie, you know, but I think that, you know, I shouldn't have been as worried about that. I should have found maybe a different approach yeah. to to be able to to make that connection. To uh, personally, yeah, utilize those connections because there was a lot of people that I was exposed to, and it's like you know, you, a few years go by, you know, you cut your hair off, you know, people don't really recognize you. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so you having to go back right now, you ground zero. You know, in a lot of cases, it's like even like uh, you know, it's like I'm seeing Benzino on IG now, and it's like I remember going down when he had his club Zeno on South Beach, Miami, and, you know, him letting us in the back door. It was like 0304 when they had the Source Awards. It was a big night. You got Puffy, Jay Prince, lots of people in the building. But again, you know, uh, you know, I, I didn't go, I didn't, I think I did not, like I say, go as hard as I needed to, uh, to really maximize the money that was spent to be at those places. Yeah. You know, uh, a nightclub might not be the best place, but it's like, hey, you know, you know, what's a no going to hurt, you know, or, you know, just asking to get, you know, uh, an extra business card from, you know, I did yeah. get a business card from a, a guy, he's international red. He's, he worked in yeah. rap a lot. Yeah. So, so I got one card. It's like, I couldn't pass that up because man, seeing Jay Prince, that was like idol, but I know. Yeah, right. let me tell you, let me tell you what I talk about people moving right when Jay Prince, and Puffy came in there, man, it, 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 it looked like a small army, you yeah. know, with no exaggeration. It's like, okay, that was motivational. Just seeing them come in that club. Yeah. And, and it's saying. like, okay, <laughs> yeah, man. It's like, you know, everybody confident in themselves, but it's like, okay, I ain't going to step on nobody's shoe in this line. You know what I'm saying? That's like a fight you don't want to have. You know what I'm saying? I would say rent, just very red. I was in uh, L.A. Uh, this was maybe like two years ago now. And uh, it was a random show when my friend, I was closing in L.A. randomly and it was his birthday and, or it's his, his friend's birthday and he was going to celebrate at this club. I cannot remember the name of it, but uh, it was like Club Ohm, like OHM. I think that's what it was. But uh, Playboy Cardi was performing. And so we went there or whatever. Playboy Cardi's performing. You know, he has the, everybody's like live because everybody loves to see uh, Playboy Cardi. And then like uh, Lil Uzi came out and everybody went crazy. And like people were going wild because, you know, people love Lil Uzi. Lil Thug walked in and it was like, Prince or something walked in there. Like it's like he floated through the crowd. Like everybody, it was like he parted the Red Sea. Everybody just like separated. And like it was like he had a glow. And everybody was like, oh, it's thug. Like people were like went crazy, of course, for Cardi, and they really went crazy for Uzi, but it was like a totally different like <laughs> reference for Young Thug. It was like so weird. Cause like I wasn't like geeked out like that. Like, of course, I like Young Thug, and it was cool to see him like be that close to him, but like just to see how everybody was just like just got silent. It was, yeah. like, really crazy. But, yeah, when you see people who can, like, command a room like that and you see them moving, they have that whole entourage, everybody's on point, nobody's dirty, everybody looks clean, everybody looks safe and comfortable and everything. It's like, yeah, it's motivation because everybody can't move like that. Because, you know, we can, we can show up 10 deep to a club. It's just going to look like 10 niggas showing up to the club. Right, right, yeah. Yep, most definitely. But, um, and I, I would say, so, kind of going back to... uh 
at, like say with the music, uh, eventually, uh, like say after working with those labels and those projects kind of fizzling away, uh, or dying down or, you know, different changes took place. I kind of started to work directly with, uh, my, my high school friend, his name's Inday. Mm-hmm. So that was the main project that I kind of got behind. I remember that. Was know? it like Inday Records? Was that what it was? Well, uh-huh. it was no. Enday was the artist. Okay, okay. Yeah, I just remember yeah, I had Inday. a silver CD, and it was like, yep. a, and like maybe the end had like an arrow in it or something like that, or something it, to it that. Was, it was Enday, and it had like a, a it was like a, a chain with a cross on it. Yeah, that was the, yeah, that yeah, was that's that. his yeah that's that that was his logo. I that's probably still name. have it somewhere around here. Yeah. yeah, and he's actually uh putting finishing up a project for this year, but like even him, he has stepped away. Uh, he had really got really heavy into tech. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Developing, you know, apps and different right, different programs and stuff. So it's, it's a, quite a few things that he's going to introduce uh, this year. Uh, and, and we're going to tie it all in together, you know, because a lot of the lessons that we learned within the music are just strictly just business lessons. And we yeah. were definitely able to apply it to the projects that he's doing now on the IT tip. Yeah, it makes sense. Marketing so is marketing. Yep. And so, uh, you know, and... Uh, you know, just definitely a lot of the same things as far as whether it's photographers, graphic artists versus having a program or somebody who has to design your graphic interface. You got to have a lot of replacements lined up to keep yeah. your project moving forward. So whether there's an issue at the studio, whether, you know, whatever, right, your vocalist that you need to sing, backup vocals, making sure that you have, you know, plan A, plan B, plan C all lined up. Uh you know, to keep everything moving forward. I mean, he's even had to, you know, hire people remotely from India to get certain parts of this project completed, yeah. you know? And, um, but like I say, these were le- lessons that we picked up from the music business. So it's like, so I would say, you know, my Achilles, uh, uh, tendon is, you know, uh, the royalty piece learning that. But as far as the other parts of the business, you know, I would say that, you know, I really, yeah. you know, from the bumps and bruises, I, I know a lot of that stuff, you know, I was able to get down packed. Yeah, it sounds like you have a knack for, like, thinking of the things that other people don't think of, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Which is very, you need somebody like that. You need somebody who's going to fill in those gaps and make sure everything is airtight. Yeah, and like I say, and especially like I say, when you're dealing with creatives, you know, that's just mm. one thing that I've seen. Yeah. Some, Less like, weight on their shoulders. Yeah, it's like a lot of them just do not even want it's like it clouds they they mental space it's yeah. like you know man they can't think I, I even have a, yeah it's like i got a, a young lady now she's a dj uh like like a online dj but she like does various things but i wrote you know wrote up this contract sent oh she's like you know no nah, man this is six pages I, I you know like she didn't want to deal with it you know She's like, we just need to break this down and simplify it, you know. And I get it, you know. I, I've seen that before. Yeah. Uh, but but you know, I just try to explain to her is that you know, with entertainment, you know, somebody could be a rapper today, a uh, 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 actress tomorrow, uh, you know, that's uh, selling clothes the next day. But it all could have stemmed from this project here, you know. Yeah. And so these things have to be mentioned. So. I, I, you know, I, I always try to stress, man, you know, that, you know, that business end has to be tight uh, and all inclusive because, you know, hey, you know, I can't be all in with you up and day, you know, like you got artists, you know, <laughs> it's like, hey, man, we up at till three, four in the morning putting projects together. That's still an investment into your acting career, you know, because this is yeah. the 
you know, the catalyst for that, you know. So yeah, so this over. all has to be tied in. You know, if, if this is the role I'm playing, you know, uh, it, it can't be for nothing, you know. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Well, I think we should go ahead and let the people know, um, like, where they can reach out to you because I know you got a couple of books that have been published, right? Yeah. Well, like I say, I, before I moved from St. Louis, I said, okay, I need to uh, – you know, I, w- I wanted to knock out the first two booklets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're on, on Amazon. Uh, the first one is called Stay Focused. And then the next one is There is a War Going On, right? Both of these booklets are basically super chapters out of the main book, which I have done at the end of this year. Okay. But it's all about business mindset. Yeah. So they, like I say, they were all, they both were just short to the point. My main thing was just to have content rich material like yeah. i don't think anybody cares that i woke up and ate a cheeseburger on tuesday <laughs> yeah. you know and, and i walked outside and it was a stormy day yeah, you know like, nah, what, was man, the, what was the climax of the day yeah man you know like say and, and like say it's just people's attention span is not there for that Definitely. anymore you know it's like yeah it's like i gotta give you all the content before Boosie goes does another live on IG, and then there's <laughs> your, you know there's your consumer you know watching something else you know what i'm saying uh, uh, you know, or whatever else might be out there. Uh, you know, you know, there's so many distractions. Like, say, with a, somebody's cell phone right there, you're competing against their one or two emails that they have uh, tied into their phone, text messages. Uh, you know, you know their Facebook notifications, their IG notifications. You're competing against all of this, and so I, I, that's basically what I had in mind when I wrote the books i use a larger font because again a lot of people they'll skip the fine print yeah so the smaller the print is they think oh man yeah. it's complicated so it I, some I nice use a little, clickbait. <laughs> yeah man i just need to, i'm gonna use a little bit of a larger font i'm gonna try to break this down to keep it simple so content rich and uh like say uh at AT&T, that's one thing I learned. They had the, the they said the the kiss method in sales. Keep it simple, stupid. You yeah, know, like uh, just that. keep it simple. You know, and uh, so, but those are both books on Amazon. And uh, like I say, those are booklets. You know, but you know, like I say, content rich. And I like I tell them these are booklets that I tell young entrepreneurs keep with you. You know, this ain't something that I want you just to buy. You know, and uh, what actually led me to write those booklets is because quite often. I would spend tons of time invested in individual groups, artists, or small business owners, and then something could happen. A husband and wife could get a divorce, and then that project could fall apart. Various things, right? So I said, okay, I need to package up some of this material, some of this encouragement, some of this mindset, so that it's available to the masses, Mm -hmm. so that I'm not just channeling all this energy into one individual, and then once that dies, it's gone. It's as if I never... You know, saying I never made a contribution. Yeah. So I said, let me package this up and make it available to all of those that are trying to go down that road. And uh, you know, and I personally feel like it's something that's beneficial. And like I say, I always look for feedback from, from individuals. But some of this stuff Definitely. is like, you know, from personal, hands-on experience. You know, uh, you know, this isn't some. I'm not selling you a dream. You know, it's not that like, you know, I'm not going to rent a Lamborghini and stand there and tell you, hey, <laughs> this is how I do it. Buy my book. No, you know, this is about, hey, you know, this is about you're going to fall. You're going you're gonna to bump your head, you know. But, you know, it's it's, it's about that having that perseverance. Uh, mm-hmm. 
avoiding bullshit, you know, just certain things that even the best of us can get caught up in and, and need a reminder. You know, it's like, you know, why do you have people that own a Bible and read it 20 times throughout their life? Yeah, they read it before, but sometimes they got to get back on track, you know? Yeah. So, you know, uh, that's what this is for. You know, it offers my perspective, my view on uh, uh, the a business state of mind that one should have to at least begin the journey uh, or, you know, what I personally feel will get them to the finish line if they, if their product service is one that's worthy of that. And then they apply these steps, you know, I, I definitely feel that there are, you know, it's pretty much uh, going to be a, a A to Z uh, method that can be used, you know, like I say, it's no guarantee. You know, I never, you know, tell anybody no BS, but yeah, those books are both available on Amazon, uh, you know, Eric, Monster Williams. Now, again, with Amazon, uh, you know, if you don't stay active, you know, they'll hmm. bury your book. You yeah. might, I'm, I might be back on page 75. Well, just, but, you um, know. After this is over, uh, you can just send me the link and then I'll put it in the, all the advertisements and promos for That'll this episode. Work. So people okay. will be able to listen to it and they can just click on it directly. That'll work. But yeah. So, yeah, so outside of that, man, I just, uh, like I say, it's a, uh, a buddy of mine, went to high school with him and uh, he's doing comedy now. His name uh Tino Terrell Jr. He's he's in Vegas. But uh main thing that we've been pushing is uh he's been doing a podcast throughout uh this little um quarantine uh shutdown situation. It's called uh Time Out with Tino. But uh and you know, it's on Spotify. He he's uh uh working on getting some live shows lined up as they start to reopen things. Yeah. So uh, that's that's going to be one of the major projects that I'm going to be trying to push Ooh. is uh, trying to get, put my hands in comedy. Well, yeah, and, well, we uh, can uh, we works. can link all that up. <laughs> but yeah, actually, that's funny that you said that because uh, I had another friend who I was talking to about comedy. But yeah, we could definitely I'm definitely gonna have to have you on another episode because we could talk even more about music. We could talk even more about politics. Um, maybe I can get you on with um, maybe some another guest so we can have like, you know, more opinions and get the conversation yeah, really going. But I really appreciate you. I really enjoy having you on. I really appreciate you, you know what I'm saying, FaceTiming with me and, and joining the podcast. So this oh, is going to be more of a regular thing. So, you know what I'm saying, I say get you on again, but you could be on multiple times. You could be a regular guest. It's whatever, but... Hey man, whatever it takes, you know. Like I say, we can uh, create a uh, shoot. What Gilly and uh, his yeah. cousin they they done, they done blew up, man. Shoot, we can put something together and you know make it happen. You know, yeah, start selling some t-shirts. And, you know, like I say, you tell me I can come on. It's like, hey, let's get some. Let's start selling some coffee mugs. Let's, yeah, I know let's you. Go you all, let's, that's let's a, go all yeah, in. You know? <laughs> the people don't know you if know? you if you come to Eric hey, with man. anything, the first thing he'll say is, okay, how can we monetize that? That's what he said. Yeah, man. Because shoot, I'm, I'm looking at you right now. I, I, we need a you need a backdrop behind you. We need to constantly <laughs> be branding the show. I need to be having your listeners look at you. Oh uh, yeah, whole I, I got one ready. Show. I just uh I just didn't have it all set up. You got you see the Tupac uh, okay. and the light and everything. I just uh no, I got wait I'm for the with with a logo for the podcast oh, yeah, the yeah. name of the podcast yeah, yeah I was thinking about doing that like you could do that digitally but I was gonna yeah, yeah, yeah I, I was yeah, gonna get some uh, I was gonna get some uh, GoPros and stuff like that cause I was gonna do like some Kenny Beat stuff like I don't know if you know about him but you should check him out but just uh, cause I make when I produce for most of my artists like 95% of the time I make the beat on the spot so I'm okay. just gonna like record the process, you know. People would like to see that. Yeah. Me making the beat, them writing, them recording it, and then even the process to when it gets released, I can break down, you know, the plugins I use when I'm mixed and everything, and just monetize the whole process. Cool stuff for my friend. My friend.